0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, May 8th. S&P futures are rallying 26 points. That's about 90 basis points. They stand at 2905 this morning. European indices are rallying about 50 to 60 basis points, and Asia rallied strongly across the board. So a few items to note this morning. The big macro headline today is this phone call that took place between U.S. and Chinese trade officials overnight um, you know a very vague kind of uh bland readout full of typical platitudes talking about how they're going to create favorable conditions to implement the phase one deal, and both sides are seeing quote unquote good progress in the phase one deal so I think amid the last week and a half where you have seen a rise in acrimony. Between the two sides, as far as rhetoric around the coronavirus, and you've had very suggestive remarks from Trump about retaliatory measures, and you've also had a bunch of articles talking about how White House officials are contemplating retaliatory measures. Um, You know, I appreciate why that phone call is um, you know being received well in markets this morning and spurring rally. I would just you know note that um, you know I don't think anyone genuinely thought that the White House was about to implode the Phase One trade deal ahead of the election, given that the economy is already very stressed. Um, I think too that if you kind of dissect the phase one trade deal, you know, the terms are always very vague, but, you know, it, I think it's safe to say that China is going to fall short of its, um, you know, of its import pledges, not, not necessarily deliberately, just given, you know, how the economy has dramatically shifted because of the coronavirus. Um, and then I do think that you're going to see the relationship, at least rhetorically, stay quite acrimonious ahead of the election. And I think, you know, to be fair, that acrimony will be bipartisan on both sides of the aisle trump and biden this is you know china will be a major piece of the election coming up um both sides will be pledging to um you know to to act tougher towards china um, and so, you know, I don't think this issue is going away by any means. And I think you're probably going to continue to hear, you know, potentially suggested remarks about, um, you know, retaliating over the coronavirus. So, you know, I, again, I, I get why markets are are higher because of it. I just don't think that there was a legitimate fear in the market that you were going to kind of see us tear up the phase one trade deal, um, over the coronavirus. So that by far is the major theme today that's spurring the bulk of the rally, um, a couple of other items to note, a lot of stimulus headlines, so stimulus again, this has been a major theme. It's going to continue to be a big theme. Pelosi is drafting, um you know, again, the fifth stim- fiscal fiscal stimulus bill in the us is being negotiated right now. Pelosi um, is going to go on her own to start. So she's negotiating among Democrats. She will drop her bill as soon as next week, according to media reports, it will probably be worth as much as two trillion dollars. So you know, keep in mind the four stimulus bills that have passed already add up to nearly three trillion. This gets it to five trillion. Um, Pelosi's bill will pass the House; it has no chance in the Senate. So you should look at it as kind of the opening salvo in a uh, in negotiations that probably could stretch into June. Um, you know, two trillion dollars strikes me as a number that is is probably going to be unacceptable to Republicans. Um, and there's obviously a lot of stuff in there that are also unacceptable unacceptable to Republicans. So the final the final tally could be close to one trillion. Um, but again, a lot of fiscal stimulus still coming through. And the big issue is state and local governments. So you had California out yesterday talking about they're going to be um, you know, they're going to have an enormous budget deficit of about 50 billion dollars. New York also will have a huge deficit. So states are forced to balance their budget, which means if they do not receive federal aid. They're going to be forced to enact, um, you know, aggressive spending cuts to to narrow that gap. So that's the real, um, you know, in terms of the big pool of money that um, is going to be in this next stimulus bill, it's for state and local governments. Um, So that that's, you know, again, on stimulus. And then you have the White House also is apparently considering ideas. Stimulus ideas that it can act without the consent of Congress, although they're very limited in that regard. So, the really only major thing they can do is extend the tax filing deadline again. So, right now it's the middle of July. Um, you know, they can move it back to September or even December, depending on uh, how they want it to act. No real major economic numbers out this morning. Um, you had some underwhelming numbers out of Japan and Germany, but you know, again, I think. Markets are not paying a lot of attention to April and earlier. They're really kind of focusing on to see if May can stabilize versus April. April is is widely assumed to be the worst month of the crisis um, as far as the year and year declines. And then again, the question is whether or not you can see stability month on month in May. Um, I do not think the U.S. Jobs Report today will be a real big market mover. It's going to be atrocious. Um, you're going to see a lot of headlines around it, a lot of commentary. It will dominate the media today and over the weekend. I think investors um, again are really paying close attention to the weekly claims which come out Thursday. that gives you the real most immediate insight into the state of the labor economy. Um, you know this this monthly jobs report, again, it's somewhat stale at this point. Um, everyone knows the numbers will be horrible if they're a little less horrible or a little more horrible. I don't necessarily think that changes much um, in terms of the narrative. So I have a preview in my piece today. Um, But like I said, it's other than it being a a relatively quiet session today, and so there's not much else to talk about. um, I don't think it's going to shift anyone's views of the world. On the earnings front, out of the U.S. last night, it was a very busy evening, um, and it struck me as being very mixed. You had, you know, if you're if you're bullish, you had a lot to talk about, and if you're bearish, you have a lot to talk about. Um, I think the most interesting, you had a lot of travel and leisure associated companies, so Booking, Uber, Trip, um, Live Nation, all had earnings out last night. you know, again, I think if you just look at the absolute figures and, and strip out some of management commentary, um, it's all very, very, very bleak, especially the traveling companies. Um, you know, the number, the year on year declines for bookings um, and then Uber rides are are, are awful. Trip um, TripAdvisor guided Q2 revenues to zero, essentially saying they're going to have little to no revenue in Q2. Um, you know, a lot of companies, including Uber, again, are talking up this whole Positive linearity theme, whereby they've suffered a sharp, abrupt collapse in business in March and April, and they've seen now week on week some improvement. Um, you know, again, that's great to hear, but you if you look at the year and year declines, you're still talking about down eighty percent, eighty percent plus. So I think that you know the positive linearity theme, and this this is also my big gripe with reopening you're going to see a ton of reopening headlines and you're going to hear a lot of positive linearity. But I think investors just have to put everything into context. Um, The positive linearity is occurring off of extraordinarily depressed levels um, and things still remain very depressed. Um, Live Nation was a little bit more optimistic as far as commentary around bringing back concerts, etc. And they suggested that 2021 could be a relatively normal year. Um, Again, I think that's certainly um, subject for debate. JP Morgan published their 10Q last night. Um, you're going to see a lot of other banks be publishing their 10Qs over the coming days, and they tweaked some of their guidance items. So they, you know, on the positive front, they raised that interest income guidance. They lowered expense guidance. Those are both positives. I think the commentary around provisions and reserve builds um, are good. You know, that's that's the, the big theme, and that was obviously the big theme for bank earnings in Q1. They talked about how they're going to build reserves further in Q2. That's expected. The street's already modeling another reserve build. Um, and then they added a comment about how reserve builds could be meaningfully higher than what happened in Q1. That would obviously be, be very disappointing. Although that language is very boilerplate, and it was similar to kind of what they said on the Q1 call too. So um, I don't. Nothing that they said on the provision front struck me as very incremental. Um, and you, the net interest income and, and expense uh, guidance was certainly a positive. So I would say, in aggregate, JP Morgan 10Q to me was a mild positive, um, but certainly provisions will be a huge theme by far. That will be dominating bank earnings for the next couple of quarters. Um, Out of European earnings, not too many names, although Siemens was the big one. um, It's being received well, and ING also had earnings out. Those are being received well. So in Europe, the industrial stocks are leading on the upside. The industrial index, the SXNP, is up about 1.6%. That's the top performer. And that's all being driven by Siemens, which is up about 5% after reporting. Again, nothing spectacular in Siemens. It's more kind of just better than feared. Um, you know, some of their guidance commentary also better than feared. They think book to bill can stay above one this fiscal year, despite um, you know headwinds from coronavirus. So those are the bulk of the headlines for today. My views on the tape are still the same. You know, I have another paragraph I sent around the bull versus bear conversation yesterday. So no need to kind of go over everything again on this on this podcast for today's calendar. Um, Obviously, jobs, like I said, will be dominating. That's out at eight thirty, um, and that's essentially it. You don't have any super real major earnings reports out, um, and, and like I said yesterday, we're essentially done with calendar Q1 earnings, um, and now as we go into next week, you will hear from the April end company. So Cisco kicks things off Wednesday night, and again, now we're into the sell side conference season which begins in earnest next week. And again, it's all about linearity, commentary, and color from companies. It's going to be a giant continuous earnings season between now and the Q2 season in July, where companies will just be giving kind of quick snapshots, week-to-week snapshots on the state of business. Um, You know, No one really provided explicit guidance for Q2, so investors are in the dark, and they'll be eager to hear, um, again, just how business is trending on a day-to-day basis. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.